There's a story about a man who went through his life, living his life in daydreams. In his daydreams, he would imagine being in epic adventures where he was the hero of the story. He came in and he saved the day. He saved the damsel. He was the guy that everybody looked up to. Well, one day in his real mundane life, he was confronted with an agonizing decision. His real life hero, the guy that was doing all the things that he only daydreamed of doing, was inviting him into one of his epic journeys. And so the question that he was confronted with is, will I leave everything I know behind in order to enter into what I only daydream about? Now I want you to imagine that you receive an official looking letter in the mail. As you open it, you discover that it's an invitation. And not just to an ordinary event, to an extraordinary journey. The sender is not someone you know, but is someone you look up to, is someone who is wise and someone who has authority. And they are asking you to leave everything and to join this adventure. But he doesn't tell you where it will be. It doesn't tell you any details. He just invites you in. How would you respond to such a call? This is the real-life situation of the story we're looking at this morning in our series, Divine Assignments, Exploring God's Call. God calls a man to leave everything, everything he knows, in order to respond to the call, to embark on a journey without a known, nest, known destination or any of the details. In our series, we're looking at people in the Bible who have been called by God because every one of us has been called by God. And we've been called into an extraordinary journey because it's a supernatural journey. And our God, guide is our God. And we've been given a design, divine assignment, both individually, each one of us, but all together as a community as well. Today we zoom in on one man named Abram, later known as Abraham. He was a man who was called by God to leave his country, his safety, his security, everything he knows in order to join this invitation, but he didn't know where he was going. God said, I will show you. He didn't know the details. Now, before we read this story, it's helpful to understand the context. It falls in Genesis 12. And the first 11 chapters of Genesis starts off in the first couple chapters with with. God creating everything that exists. And it tells how he created all this and that he created humans in his image. And then he gave us a really huge responsibility. He said, you are to rule the earth and we were supposed to rule the earth with goodness, truth, and beauty for the good of everybody. But people chose to rebel against God. They chose to disobey God. And instead of trusting God for what is good and true and beautiful, they decided they knew better what was good and true and beautiful. And so this decision set creation on a crash course towards guilt and shame and violence. And it led to the story of Noah that we talked about last week where God said, enough, I gotta wipe the slate clean. And he brought judgment. But he also brought salvation. And he called Noah and Noah responded and he saved Noah. And Noah survived the flood with his family. But Noah wasn't perfect. 
And the corruption of human sinfulness continued as each of Noah's sons had children who had children who grew into a lot more people. And then in chapter 11 of Genesis, it says that as people moved eastward, they found a place to settle. And they decided to build a city with a big tower. We call this the Tower of Babel. But the reason they wanted to build all this is to create a name for themselves. But this was a rebellion because God didn't create people to make a name for ourselves. He created us with greatness. He made us in his image. And our, and our best is when we reflect him and we make his name great and made in his image that makes us, that reflects on us as well. Well, these people were going against God's purposes, their calling, so God scattered them across the face of the earth. And then at the end of Genesis 11, the story zooms in on one man named Abram, later known as Abraham. And Abram's story begins in Genesis 12. So if you'd open your Bibles to Genesis 12, we're gonna look at the first four verses, Genesis 12, one through four. And I'm gonna read it, and I think it'll come up on the screen as well. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now I want you to notice that in verse one of these verses that God, the only command God gave to Abram was to go. He said what he was supposed to leave, leave your country, leave your community, leave your, your family. God tells him that he will show him where to go, but God doesn't tell him where to go. The only thing God tells him is go. If you were Abram and you were told to leave your country, to leave your community, to leave your family and go, what would be going through your mind? I know some of the questions I would have. Well, where am I going? Am I going north? Because then I need to pack a lot of clothes. If I go in south, then I need to pack less. Am I going with my family? Like, how, who can I take? What can I take? God, is that really you? Can I trust you? And I want to I wanna recognize these potential questions because they are questions that I've had have I, as I've tried to discern God's call at points in my life. I think they're questions we all have when we're trying to discern God's call. And the thing is, most of us want to know more details than God provides. I, I love rock climbing. I've told you this before. Pastor Kevin teases me because I talk about it a lot. But when you're inter interested in something, you talk about it. And so there's great illustrations that come from rock climbing. That's one of the reasons I like it. One of the illustrations is this. When I take people out to go climbing for the first time, as a youth pastor, I got to do this a lot. I really enjoy taking people out and, and showing them a rock cliff and showing them how you can get up it with a harness and ropes and that you're safe. Well, they, they start climbing and they get to a certain point, inevitably, and they're, they're stuck and they say, I can't find any handholds. And I always say, look for footholds. So they find a good foothold, but they're like, I can't step up because I don't know where I'm gonna put my hand. And I say, just step up on that and you will see something. Your perspective will change, you will find it. 
And it's a really scary thing to do to step up on something when you don't know what you're going to grab onto next. And I think that's the kind of thing that's going on here with God's call to Abram and how often God calls us. He just says, go. We say, where? We say, how? He says, just take the step. And I know the rest. What God is really calling us into is a trust relationship. More than, a calling, more than calling us to do something, God is calling us how to be. That's what he's calling Abram into. He's telling him, I love you. I care about you. I, 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 that's why I've called you. I have a design assignment for you, but what I really want is for you to trust me. I want, I want you to trust me every step of the journey. You don't have to know where it is. I've got it all mapped out. I know exactly where you need to be. You trust me. Essentially, God is calling Abram not so much to complete a task, but to become a person of faith. And in verse four, Abram did. He took that first step and he started to become a person of faith. He obeyed what God said and he went without knowing the details, without knowing the destination. He decided to trust and say yes. Just by taking that first step of going, he was becoming a man who was in right relationship with God. A few chapters later in Genesis 15, 6, it says that Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Thousands of years later, the apostle James wrote in, his, in James 2, 23, quoting this verse. He said, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. James even added that he was called God's friend because Abram had a deep faith that he demonstrated that he trusted God through his obedience. He took a step, not knowing where, but trusting that God would show him. He left everything, and he was beginning that journey of faith, growing in a trust relationship with God. This passage, it reveals a lot about God's call and how significant it is. His call is more about how much he loves us and wants us than anything we have to give to him. He has so much more to give us than we do have to give him. God called Abraham to, believe, to leave everything and follow because he had so much that he wanted to give to Abraham and so much he wanted to produce through Abraham. All Abraham had to do was to say yes to God's call and go. He didn't have to worry about the rest. God took care of the rest. And even more, God made seven promises to Abraham that are revealed in verses two and three, seven statements of promise. Seven is a very significant number in the Bible. In the first chapter, God created everything in six days and then he rested on the seventh. In the last book of the Bible, in Revelation, God reveals his, his, he reveals to John what he wants him to write down and John writes to the seven churches. And God, and there's seven seals, there's seven trumpets and there's seven bowls. The number seven is used over 700 times in the Bible. Seven is a symbolic number for completion and wholeness. So all Abraham did to do was to trust God and God said, I have a complete blessing for you. And he lays out these seven statements. 
First, he promised that he would make Abraham into a great nation. Now think about that. How would you respond? How would would you be thinking if God said to you, I'm going to make you into a great nation? I've never really stopped to ponder what that would be like, the significance of that, being told you're going to be a great nation. I mean, you're choosing me? Not just to have a lot of kids who have a lot of kids who who be a big, big family, but you're going to be a nation. That would be amazing. On top of that, what's even more significant is that Abraham had no children. He was 75 years old. And in chapter 11, verse 30, it made it clear that Sarai couldn't have children. And yet he's going to become a great nation. I would be thinking, God, I don't understand this, but Abraham trusted God and took that step. Secondly, God promised to bless Abraham. And for Abraham, this meant spiritual blessing, for sure. He was called God's friend. He was the father of the nation of Israel through which Jesus was born. But it was also an earthly blessing. Abraham had great influence over a number of people. He had great wealth. The blessing that God promises, it's not always wealth, it's not always these things, but it does begin on earth and it expands through eternity. Third, God promised to make his name great. And this is a significant promise because it connects back to chapter 11, where the people, they came together and decided to build a city and a great tower, the Tower of Babel, to make a name for themselves. God says, I make your name great. You don't make a name great for yourself. Abraham, I'm gonna make your name great. The fourth statement is that Abraham will be a blessing. Not only will God bless Abraham, but he wants to make him into a blessing so that anybody that comes into contact is blessed because of Abraham being blessed so much by God. It's an overflow. Just by saying yes, by trusting God and obeying, Abraham became a blessing to others. The blessing wasn't just meant for him to hold on to, but to to be for everyone else. The fifth through seventh promises expand on how Abraham will be a blessing to others. It's God who does the blessing through Abraham. Abraham is a blessing by being obedient to God, and it's because of his relationship with God and his obedience to God that he becomes the blessing, but he is the avenue through which God blesses. The fifth and sixth promises are two sides of the same coin. The overall intent of God is to bless Abraham and for Abraham to be a blessing to others. But if someone resists that blessing, if they think of Abraham as something insignificant and they don't participate in that blessing, it becomes a curse. God's intent is to bless people, and he wants to bless, but if we reject that blessing, we're outside of that blessing, that is automatically a curse. It's this other side of the coin. If we're not being blessed, then we're living in a curse. The seventh and final statement of promise reveals the whole reason for why God chose to take this no-name guy, Abram, to make his name great, the father of Israel, and to bless him. God wants to bless all people, all the peoples of the earth. And he's choosing to do it through this one man who chose to trust and obey God. Many years later, Abraham had a son who had a son who had 12 sons, and these Kids had lots of kids, and they became a nation, and they became a nation while they were in slavery in Egypt, and then God saved them 
through Moses. We'll talk about Moses next week. And they stand before Mount Sinai and God makes a covenant with this new nation. And in the context of this covenant, Exodus 19 says that he make, he's making them into a kingdom of priests. Now priests represent people to God, but they also represent God to people. They show what God is like. And as a kingdom of priests, the Israelite people were to represent God to the people, to the people around them. God wants to bless people with his goodness and his truth and his beauty and these people, the Israelite nation was supposed to be the kingdom of priests who represent that blessing, who bless the people around them. God's desire is to bless and this is not something that just shows up here as something new. It connects back to the very first chapter in Genesis, in chapter 1, verse 28. When God created humans, he blessed them. That was the first thing he did. He longs to bless people. He chooses Abraham so he can bless everyone. God calls Abraham not to abuse him, not to use him, but to bless him. And he has so much more for us than we do for him. All he wants us to do is trust that his way is best and obey him. He wants us to become the people who live every moment in a trust relationship where we trust God completely with everything. Abraham trusted God and obeyed the call and he entered into this trusting, growing relationship and God fulfilled all these promises that he made to Abraham. And the thing is, Abraham didn't get to live to see it all, all the fulfillment of these blessings but he trusted God anyway. Unfortunately, Abraham's descendants, the nation of Israel, who were supposed to be the kingdom of priests, who blessed the nations, who show what God is like and bless them, they failed. They didn't obey God. They failed again and again and again. They didn't represent God well as kingdom of priests. And instead of showing the nations what God is like, instead of blessing the nations around them, they became like the nations around them. But God remained true to his promise of blessing. The book of Hebrews, written thousands of years later in the New Testament of our Bibles, tells us that Jesus became the high priest of a new covenant relationship with people. Jesus represented God to people as God the Son who became human. And instead of offering animal sacrifices to cover the, the sin of the people, Jesus became the last sacrifice, the final sacrifice, the one sacrifice that covers the sin and guilt and shame of all people who choose, to, who choose to accept him. In Jesus, God fulfilled the promises to Abraham because Jesus was a descendant of Abraham who blesses all people who choose to accept him. You and I are called into relationship with this God of blessing. Just like Abraham, we're called into this relationship where we can become a blessing. We can be blessed and become a blessing. We may not completely understand all of this that we're called into, just like Abraham. We may have questions, but God is calling you to take a step toward him. For some of you, for some of us, that may be to ask somebody this morning, what does it mean to be in a relationship with this God? How does the death and resurrection of Jesus bless me? 
When you ask him to forgive you and you give your life to him, you become part of his family, you become part of his blessing, you inherit all the blessings that he wants to give to you. First Peter 2 tells us that when we ask Jesus to forgive us and when we give our lives to him, we become a chosen people, a royal priesthood, not just a kingdom of priests, but a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So for some of us, it may be entering into that. For others of us, we've, we've been in that kind of relationship or we're, we're in that journey and God is calling you to take a step of faith. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it might be a, a step that scares you. Like asking to be baptized. Maybe that's your step of faith that, that he's inviting you into. Asking, what does it mean to be baptized? Or maybe it's just sharing something with your neighbor. Maybe it's doing an active, random act of kindness or reaching out to someone that you might need to offer forgiveness to or have a conversation with that you've been neglecting or pushing off. Or maybe it's giving to God's work financially. Maybe it's writing a check that may stretch you. I don't know what God is calling you to right now. That's between you and God, but he's calling. He's inviting into deeper relationship. He's calling you. He's calling each of us. And just like Abraham, our response is not to have to know all the details, but to say yes to whatever that next thing is that moves us towards wherever he's calling. Let's pray. God, we've talked a lot about this morning about this relationship you want to have with us, where we trust you, where we walk by faith. God, if we could see all the answers, it wouldn't be faith. Faith is trusting something that we don't quite understand. We don't quite see everything. And that's what you want us to do because that's what trust is. You want us to trust you because you are good and you are true and you are beautiful and you long to bless us. You, you have so much you want to give us in all you're asking that we give ourselves to you. And then we enter this journey. God, whatever step we're at, whatever you're calling us into, please keep nagging us about that and help us to take that first step and then reveal the next. Thank you that you're a God that does this. In your name we pray, amen.